And welcome back to another episode of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your conspiracy skeptic, Carl Mamer. And I don't think I've ever done this one. I've never sort of done a hot take. Something's happening. Conspiracy world. Got to jump on this and bring in the true expert. This may be the first ever in the decade plus I've done this. Breaking (laughs) news. Exactly. And if you do recognize that voice, yes, I do have uh, Blake Smith from Monster Talk fame on. Now, Blake, uh, if you recall, uh, hang on, let me look at my own podcast. 24. Tw- 24? <laughs> what's, what's 24? I think that was the episode we were on. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought I, it was 40 at first, but when I went back to look for it in my yes, podcast, yes. it was 24. Right, yes. I did re- I did do a sort of a renumbering. So, oh, uh, it's all yes. making more sense now. Yes, ex- exactly. Because I, I sort of had, you know, like one to 10, and then uh, and then I started kind of back at one again with the, what I called unplugged back during the time. So, so yeah, it was actually quite fascinating to re-listen to a lot of these old podcasts and go, wow, I my mind was a lot sharper back then in my 40s. You yeah. sound the same largely. I, I feel like I sound mostly the same. Um, I went back and re-listened to the episode to kind oh, of just okay. remind myself of what we did. Yeah. And uh, I was pleased. I felt I felt like I read the Wikipedia to you really well. Um, perfect, perfect. And uh, I, I was uh, I was disheartened. Um, you know, a lot of the things we talked about were the uh, importance of critical thinking. Um, how there were too many Nazis around, and that was 2010. And it's like, well, that didn't get any better. 2011, it didn't get any yeah. better. It didn't no, get any better. No, yeah. In, in so. case you're just wondering what we're talking about, and you haven't picked up from the, when you downloaded the the, the podcast. Yes. <laughs> but yes, yeah. Back in uh, back in March of 2011, uh, uh, Blake went to the uh, Georgia Guidestones. Blake, you live in Georgia, right? We won't I say, do. I we do. won't say where exactly, but you, I, uh, you, you kind of shepherded a. Uh, you were a bit of a, uh, a Sherpa for. Uh, some Australian. I, I was a, a, a as an Englishman. I was a Virgil uh, guiding, <laughs> <laughs> yes. guiding these people through the hell of North Georgia. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, see uh, Dr. Rachi yeah. and Brian Dunning and Richard Saunders and I went on a uh, road trip. Now, I reason I think 2010 was in my head because I think it was September 2010 when we rolled up there, uh, and then uh, we talked. You right, and I talked right. later. Yes, because. Uh, yeah, my gosh, though, so many things have changed. Now it's not the Georgia Guidestones anymore. It's the Georgia Rubble, Guide Rubble, maybe, you know, so uh, Guide Gravel. There's a lot of different names for it, but it is lost a little bit of its glory on July 6th of this year, 2022, year of our Lord, 2022. Right, yeah. So, so we, we were recording this on July 10. So, yeah, yes, yes, the, the Georgia Guidestones are now, as they say, pining for the for the fjord exactly fjords, the fjords of georgia is it yes somebody just plum blew it up uh yeah uh, beautiful plumage the plum blue what yeah, exactly <laughs> uh so yeah so so br- briefly let's sort of recap what were have you ever have you ever actually gone to a wiki page and had the duty of putting everything in past tense like oh this dude has died so now I'm the first person to know this. And I'm going to edit this wiki page. And it's a lot of work putting things in a past tense. It is. That seems like the sort of thing that would, would be suitable for a macro or a bot of some sort. It really does. You know, or, or at least a, I, I, 
you have to run around with your forms of B and highlight them. So the old control F, you know, yeah. uh, I, and I know now we've, we've really captured the audience's uh, imagination and interest now. Uh, <laughs> let's yes. do a little side rabbit hole on wiki markup language. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So they are now uh, X. So yeah. So if you give us a little, can you give us a little bit of a, um, a summary? What were the Georgicide stones? All right. Uh, so yeah. yeah, let's, let's do a, a revisit. So in 1980, a set of large, and I say large, I mean very tall uh, stone uh, monoliths were erected and they were made of granite and they contained in multiple languages um, these instructions. Uh, would you like me to read them again? You know, honestly, you did such a good job of uh, when we did it last time, you played Deliverance under uh, the b- dueling banjos underneath it. And uh, my, I think my, re- would it be too much trouble to have you just cut that in? Or do you want me to reread them again? Either way you want to do it. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah. yeah let's, let's reread them again. Uh, I, 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 I listened, re-listened to that episode and I, I, I started to cringe because I, I felt like I was like, Ooh, I'm really making fun of people from the South and this is very stereotypical and this is actually now offensive to me. You yeah. Know, and I live people. in the South yeah. and those stereotypes are there for a reason. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> years later. But I, I read it again. I will back it with some music and, okay. uh, and then gives gives you a reason to actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> and you can yeah. see what music I have backed it with. It's so. cool too. I'm I'm interested in how our ideas have evolved. I know my ideas have changed over time yeah. a lot, a lot based on what came out very recently. A lot of stuff converged. We're about to get, it gets very interesting, I think. So, but here, here we go. All right. Here's what these uh, guide stones used to say uh, before they were uh, reduced to pocket size, which is about, yeah. All right. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Be careful on the diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature? No, sorry. Leave room for nature. Sorry, I shouldn't be silly or facetious in that. The the whole thing about um, uh, um, improving fitness and diversity, it, I think it, it becomes super ironic now that we know a little bit more about who created these tablets. Yes, yes, this is true. I mean, we were. Um, I mean, we were, I remember we were, were sort of struggling over that uh, half a billion figure up at top. You you sort of felt it was a typo there are typos on the stones and i thought i thought it was possible they left off a zero okay yeah and Uh, i i I sort of felt like because i mean in sort of my research and that that was always a lot of times not the club of rome itself but you know people who kind of all follow that club of rome they had developed this idea that you know that that half a billion earthlings is about the uh, some sort of like sweet spot in terms of something i don't know so so to, that that didn't sort of strike me as as weird but it also sort of subsequently came out that this was made in the 
1980, which is kind of, you know, height of the Cold War. And uh, it it wasn't not necessarily a a uh, an instruction that you know through you know we should really thin out the population real quick, but it was more of like the builder or the the RC Christian guy who we'll talk about who maybe he really was. He 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 sort of felt like you know there was the world's going to wipe itself out with a nuclear war. We all know that, and 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 then you know the few survivors you know fighting over a can of coke the last can of coke in the universe they're gonna stumble on these eventually and they're gonna be like oh okay we're you know golly this is such good advice so let's you know let's yeah uh, fantastic advice yeah Yeah. (laughs) here's how to build like a a, a cotton ginny you know like not right right, exactly it's better advice how to make fire how to purify water uh yeah you know allegedly there was supposed to be a time capsule under this thing as well yeah uh and we talked in that episode about how that uh there's a time capsule buried on this blank date and it, to be, uh, you know, dug up on this blank date. And it, it, there's nothing there. And according to my latest research, they not found any evidence that there ever was hmm. a time capsule there. So that's interesting. So a time capsules are such a strange idea. Anyway, this idea that, you know, you're going to put things away and then right. come back later and go, well, that's how neat. Oh, look how neat that was. Remember we used to do this and look when people used to do that. I'm like, yeah, that's just like going through my parents' attic. I mean, it's, no, exactly. It's not, yeah, it's like, do we really? I mean, have we lost that much in the past fifty years or whatever? No, I don't think so. So it's it's like you know, I I you know moved away from Canada for like eight years and then came back and I had a bunch of boxes and stuff like that. It's really fun to kind of open up all those old boxes I kind of you know stored in my mom's garage. And yeah, go, yeah. Oh, look at that Club Monaco T-shirt with the old logo. You know, it's like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So being kinda... separated from your material goods for a while and then coming back to them and realizing I did fine without them. It is kind of a powerful moment. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some things you really do want and some things I think sometimes our items, you know, I, I think can become, uh, they establish like a, an, a, a feel or a culture or like a, some kind of, they make a statement. If you're in the sort of world where you have people over, which, <laughs> I don't, I vaguely remember those times when, (laughs) and I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about having kids. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly they'll eventually move out and then I'll go back to decorating my house for adults. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of, a lot of, uh, that's adults and air. (laughs) You say a lot of velvet paintings of bullfighters and stuff like that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, so I guess the big question was, You know, from a conspiracy uh, perspective, because there was this pseudonym behind the person who created it and because it felt like some kind of weird secular Ten Commandments, it inspired lots of people to have strange conspiracy theories about what was the point of all this. Mm -hmm. And that number 500 million on the top set people off immediately. Obviously, this is instructions for genocide. Um, Again, uh, it's not. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it it does sound ridiculously eugenic in its its nature. There's all kinds of questions about what the hell the point of it all was. But uh, um, there's no instructions for murder down to 500 million yes, or anything yes. like that. Like like you say, I think the nature of it being made from granite 
that it was put remotely out in the boondocks so that it would survive a nuclear war is exactly as you say, with the idea that maybe some ragtag, you know, band of apocalyptic warriors would find this and make this their Ten Commandments for their new world order of, uh, you know, gasoline and bullet town and all the stuff that you, you know, you know how it goes. So what was that? What was that role playing game? Uh, there's several. Uh, Gamma World would be my favorite. There's uh, uh there's um, there's what for gun total gun nuts. Uh, what was uh, hold on a second. Uh, uh, Twilight two thousand. Twilight two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I got when you were describing that. That was my vision of someone. Yeah, a, a Twilight two thousand yeah, playing game. And made that was perfect for that because it's all Soviet era. Yeah. you know, uh, Cold War apocalypse. Was, I mean, you know, Red Dawn was right around the corner. It, this is all. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, I still, I mean, I have a lot of nostalgia for that period, um, and that was the best time to be, you know, in a post-apocalypse because you know it, there was plenty of uh, technology, but it was all. I mean, if we didn't have computers, I mean, what are we missing? Ten, you know, print my name, twenty go to ten. I mean, you know, that, that we we weren't so dependent like we are now. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, we we recently in Canada, we recently had a uh, kind of a major backbone kind of went down for the day. And it just, it just, it just Rogers. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rogers. It just knocked out like, you know, we're being into debit cards here in Canada, like the whole debit card system. And, you know, Oh my God, McDonald's was down. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're at that age, but I'm at that age now where it's like, you know, I go to McDonald's in the morning for a coffee and then there's like, you know, 800 other old guys there like me. And, you know, 800 other old guys who just can't get their coffee in the way they normally get their coffee. That's not a good scene, you know? So yeah. Total yeah. Chaos. No, I, I'm, I'm not there. I see that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, this is sad. This is like a little insight. My, my poor life. I, I am a huge coffee nerd. I'm literally sitting here drinking a coffee are, yes. as, as we're doing this, but I'm the only coffee drinker in the house. And I've been married for 22 years to a wife who knows how to make a cup of coffee, but as far as I know, has never had a cup of coffee. And so I don't, if I did what you're describing, it would be that lonely old guy by myself. And now that I think about it, I have been, there's occasionally I will go out for a fancy coffee. Anything costs over two bucks is a fancy coffee in my world. Uh, So yeah, I, I go out for a little fancy coffee occasionally, but I don't have the, see the other guys my age hanging out. And but they, there's a place here that they do that. Uh, it's a, the Martin's uh, line of restaurants. They're, they're, uh, they're quite good, but they like the, the seniors go for the early bird breakfast. And so it's just like uh, it's all the white hairs, you know, yeah. down there having their coffee and breakfast. And uh, it, up until before the pandemic, it was uh, a reliable scene. Like, I mean, like, and I believe it's skewed uh, politically very conservative. I, I know that liberal Democrats do eat breakfast, but I guess they go somewhere else and they haven't let me in on it. So, but yeah, but the uh, but the torture guy stone. So uh, now when we oh, did, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just, just, the, the, this is the feel perfectly fine to meander any way you want to this podcast. But um, the, 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 uh, we were quite troubled by the first one, but uh, there was one you just read about genetic diversity or something. And this, this, this actually has a bit more ominous tone in light of they have, I think they have pretty much triangulated on 
who was the creator, right? So right, right. So, so the, the guy in '79, he rolls in, is calling himself Robert C. Cr- or R. C. Christensen or Christian, excuse me, R. C. Christian. I don't know why I'm making him Nordic. Uh, <laughs> R. C. Son of Christian. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyway, R.C. Christian uh, came in and wanted these things created. He had a bunch of money um, and he wanted the whole thing done anonymously. And again, this is done in Elberton, Georgia, which is a just a blip on the road in rural North Georgia. It is not near anything. And um, they built it and, you know, stirred up a little bit of news. Ultimately, they put a fence around it, but you can still go see it during the daytime. Um, but the, the mystery of who he was and what the purpose of all this was, you know, it was a big question. So recently, um, a group of people were making a documentary. And the only reason I even knew about this was because it showed up on the John Oliver TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was part of a very funny segment because since our last visit, there's been a shift and the world of conspiracies uh, has blown up and you really got there ahead of the market, Carl. Good work. Uh, like, like what, when you started, it was fringe and now it's government policy and that's yes. impressive. So uh, it's a litmus test for certain political parties. It really is. It's like, uh, and, and I've come to have some very complicated opinions about all this. Uh, you know, that I, it's been a lot because uh, being involved in the skeptics movement, is a lot about having the discernment to tell what's real and what's not real and learning about critical thinking, how to test, you know, logical fallacies, learning about Karl Popper and the idea of falsifiability and scientific research. These all give you a ways to kind of hone in and get a, you can't always know if you're right or not, but you get a better sense of whether the world that you you conceive is one based on or testable reality. And clearly, that is a skill or a set of skills that have to be learned. And it's also possibly a set of values, which you cannot force on anybody. Either people want to learn this way of thinking or they don't. And it's amazing to me how many people, it seems to be about 30% of the population just rejects the, the significance of whether things are demonstrably true or not. And it, that it falls on party lines is very interesting but it, it, I, it's it's an entirely different mode of thinking. So anyway, uh, that really manifested itself uh, around the 2016 election here in the United States and uh, culminated with the election of Donald Trump, uh, whether regardless of what your politics are, um, he is not someone who is using these modes of thinking in order to determine what's true and not true. And sometimes he says contradictory things in a single sentence and seems fine with it. His brain is untroubled by the question of, is this true? That, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying everything he says is a lie. I'm saying he doesn't think about that. That is not a part of his thinking process, clearly. Um, he, did, he did help bring conspiracies into the mainstream like nothing else. Like nothing and, else. Yes. And, and you know, into politics. And and the if I get this right, the, the Georgia Guidestones it, with the November midterms became – uh, pol- like, like it became some one of the candidates' platforms or something where she yes, was, she was like, did. "We're going to blow this up." Someone blew it up, but well, yeah. What happened? Um, there was two candidates who were really talking about this, but um, the main one was Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's actually in office right now, okay. which is its own kind of frightening. But uh, yeah, she is. Um, 
a former uh, like uh, CrossFit trainer uh, who turned uh, political. Um, I I don't know what to, how to describe. She's kind of uh, I don't. Man, I don't know how to describe her because she is uh, she she rides the waves of popular opinion, <laughs> but the popular opinions are all fringy, you know, rural uh, Christian tropes. nationalist yeah, yeah. tropes. Uh, and so, if there's some conspiracy that's being believed, she's in on it. She's all for it. So she, you know, she she really uh, was uh, quite happy, um, I think, about this. But the other person is Candace Taylor, and she was on a a platform of. Jesus guns and babies like that, I think was her, her, her. And, and so she uh, wanted uh, the, the, the Guidestones destroyed um, because uh, they were satanic. And um, so I think for a minute there, I was she, Marjorie Taylor green is a, a lunatic. Candace Taylor makes Marjorie Taylor green seem kind of sane, uh, which is terrifying. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so can Candace um yeah so when when so what happened was on July 6th at like 4 in the morning yeah. there was an explosion and part of the guidestones were like obliterated into rubble and part of them remained standing later that day authorities showed up with a backhoe mm-hmm. and just completely knocked the whole thing down yeah and they said it was because it had become unstable I think it had become untenable. Yes. I think which is <laughs> this was this was not a it's gonna fall over so much as maybe America will, right? Yeah. So I, I think they just decided to uh put this in the dustbin of history and get rid of it. Um it there is the question of, you know, this is definitely a vandalism of the worst kind, but um it it had previously been uh defaced with paint right before so we went in 2010, so they'd cleaned up the paint uh, by then, but they'd, they'd put something on. You could see where they'd sandblasted off uh, and chemically cleansed the, the, the vandalism. But um, now it is completely gone. So there's video online of it being blown up. That comes from the uh, webcam um, that was st- you know, out there. I don't, so it's interesting. I'm sure the GBI is looking into it, but I'm curious to know if they have footage because they got footage of it exploding. It seems like they'd also have footage of it being, uh, you know, bombs being set, et cetera. And I don't think it was the kind of situation where they had uh, motion detectors and we're going to, you know, fire up some cruisers and send them out. If they saw somebody on site at night, it's not like that. I think they just wanted to have video evidence of what went yeah. down uh, so they could go back and review the tape. So more, more like a convenience store than, you know, some high tech motion detector sort of security system. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we haven't gotten into actually who they think did it, but let me just once you know who did it, as as you know, as conspiracy. When you say who did it, you're talking about who had it built. Oh, who had it built? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah they definitely don't know. This is still an active investigation, Carl. Don't ask me questions about that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just can I can I can I swab your fingers for uh, nitro? Yeah. I mean, God's name's been invoked a lot, but that's he's allegedly responsible. God is allegedly yeah. responsible. Yeah. So, but as you know, as skeptics and conspiracy skeptics, and uh, you know, you and I, I, I don't know. You, you, if your relationship with this is like mine, but it's, it, it's, it's complicated. Like, like the, when I, when I saw them being knocked down, even though I knew who had allegedly built it, it was like, it wasn't like 
seeing the you know the twin towers being knocked down in new york but there <laughs> were, right. yeah let's not get go that far but there was a sense i had the sense of loss like like did, did you feel like you were watching like this i don't know it was it was a weird sense of loss even though i i think i were, did it, yeah it, it was nutty and yeah. the guy who did it and let's let's talk about that next it was probably a reprehensible human being but also too it was just like yeah, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I do have it's a complicated thing because it's it's a pile of nonsense mm-hmm. and and it was the focal point of um all, so many weird conspiracies and most of them involving either uh the Illuminati or uh Rosicrucians or you no know, secret power wilders or you know you know and that sort of thing. And it's well, okay. The only reason secret power wielders would do this is if they knew something was going to happen. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's it, so. I, I, there's all kinds of ways of thinking about it. But even if I disagree with it, uh, it had now you know it had been there since 1980. It's, yeah. it's, that's a that's a chunk of time. It had become it had gone from being a weird oddity to something that even though I don't go look at it, it was reliably there. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, exactly. something to be discussed. And now is the mystery of what happened to it. And there's, of course, the question of, did they finger the right? That's weird to say. Did, have they identified the correct person being the funder of all this? And I, yeah. you know, it's all very compelling. So whenever we move to that topic. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Let's talk about it. So who, yeah. I, I mean, I was looking at sort of the, the evidence and it sort of seems pretty dead to rights, but it really does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so who, yeah. who, who, who actually did fund it? Who was RC Christian? Big reveal. Uh, so they believe it was a, uh, I believe he was a doctor named Herbert Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-N. Right, yeah. And um, he, uh, the way they got him uh, was there were people who had financial documents left over for when this was actually funded. Yeah. And a documentary crew got to go through some of the paperwork and then they were able to go back and look at their footage and realize they could actually read the address and information that was on some of the banking information. So certainly seems like that they really identified the correct person. And so this is Herbert, I think it's pronounced Heinze Kirsten. Okay. So uh, German extraction, obviously from the name. Uh, and I guess one of the things is uh, the name Kirsten is a form of Christian, which yeah. kind of also supports the idea. And uh, the people who are alive now and knew him, some of them have said that he was um, definitely a supporter of super racist politician, David Duke, uh, white supremacist, David Duke. Uh, I think, uh, I believe David Duke used to run uh, or be high up in the Klan, uh, but oh, yeah. De- yeah. definitely, definitely a, uh, a, extremely racially divisive and terrible, terrible human being. And that apparently uh, the friends also said that um, he was a big supporter of Duke and was absolutely positively into eugenics and believed that, you know, people of color were lesser people. And so that, that in itself raises a lot of weird questions. It's like, okay, if that's his views, when he put this together without revealing who he was, when he put all the things together, was he just like, like, was this like a hedge bet to put Swahili on one of the tablets? Cause there's, I mean, the number of Swahili speakers in Georgia is very low, uh, really all over the Southeast of Georgia, the United States. It's not, it's, we don't have a lot of Swahili clubs and Swahili yeah. meetups. 
So what's that all about? Like, you know, I, I did he what exactly kind of disaster do you think was happening? Was there going to be a land bridge to Africa? I don't know. I don't, it's very and, peculiar. You know, and I mean, of all the African languages, I mean, it's Swahili. Is that the yeah, it, oh, widely uh, spoken? Or As we say here in Georgia, Africa is a big country. It's like <laughs> get several languages and several cultures. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, for a, I mean, just kind of a, you know, obviously a, a, a racist um it's weird he would have something there that kind of you know you know, wants the same message being given to you know i would imagine it's most, very yeah. weird yeah it's, it's, most it's all kinds of weird yeah and that's the other thing too i mean when you kind of when you read his 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 you know 10 commandments of how to you know reboot civilization i mean other than right the 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 uh, you know improve fitness and diversity now again that now that sort of does seem a bit eugenic-y yeah, it, but the part the part that surprises me is the word diversity. Yeah. What does he mean by improving diversity? Yeah, and exactly. and it's like this is a person if you believe in eugenics who believes that there's traits that are good yeah. and there's traits that are bad, and you know that's just not how evolution doesn't care about that. You know, and you can't use natural selection to breed for smarty. You know, you know, and and there's all what is intelligence? There's all kinds of intelligence, yeah. and we need a diversity of people and different types to get anywhere because i think you know i don't want to go into a giant side chat but i believe that most innovation comes from uh like bringing together ideas from disparate fields like you know unexpected insights by learning about something you didn't know or you know being able to bring those things together that that kind of thing requires randomness and diversity and and i I think you know yes we can breed cows and we can breed sheep and we can breed dogs it also turns out that if you do that and like try to get certain traits, you get all kinds of weird genetic side effects. They're terrible. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, you go, giving birth to horses, I mean, you, you have to have a person there now. I mean, like it's really the, we've made them so weird. That it's hard for them to give birth, you know? So I, I don't know. I, it, it, you know, w- what we've done with chickens is pretty horrendous. If, if, you know, it's great if you're hungry, but it's not very good if you're the chicken. <laughs> The tur- turkeys are a great example. The uh, yes, you know, yes. The, the uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's still wild turkeys in existence, but the wild turkey versus the uh, you know the one you always see in the the uh, you know the. Um, the, the, the Charlie the Brown card, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. The uh, that that supposedly the uh, the pilgrims are eating the big, you know, big breast. Yeah, those things. That yeah, that the, they're not they're not the super same dumb. Creature. Yeah, and, and all and weird and like very strangely shaped and, and and just very odd. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I wouldn't trust humans. Uh, I mean, eugenics is a terrible idea in general. It's a terrible idea morally, ethically, scientifically. All those things are true, you know, and. Also, if we have a nuclear disaster, I, we're not going to get super mutants if we start like weeding out the mutations. I, we, we need those mutations to have our superpowered future. Um, you know, I, you can't get Quado on Mars if you don't have some radiation. Yeah, that's all I'm yeah. saying. So. I was going to also notice that one of the languages on the George Guy Sims was Hebrew. And, and again, you know, I. Well, of uh, course it was, Carl. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <of course. laughs> again, a, you know, a white supremacist, I do, you know, he, you know, he may not be a friendly towards you know people of the Jewish faith. Or? Well, that's really interesting because there's this this whole idea. Uh, there are Christians 
who wanted, they're basically Christian Zionists, yes, who yes. wanted Israel to be a nation and maintain that just entirely to see prophecy fulfilled. And the prophecy in particular they're looking to see fulfilled is the one with Apocalypse and Armageddon and Jesus rolling back in at the end. Yeah. So they're looking for the end credits of the earth is what they're really looking for. And they want to see what it's going to look like. It's going to be so cool because they're, they've got God mode. Like they got the cheat codes and Jesus. Uh, yeah. This is a weird way to think of it, but I'm pretty sure that's the sort of fantasy a lot of these people have. Right. And the, keep in mind, I mean, those people are like, they were delighted when things happened. It seems like it's inching us towards Armageddon. Some people call them uh, accelerationists. Right, like okay. they want the scripture fulfilled. So they're going to reify the scripture by taking actions, political actions, even that pushes closer to making those biblical scriptures come true. I think that should be terrifying. I yes. find it terrifying. Oh, it is. But yes. If you've read the book, it, it, yeah. that's not a good idea. Also, I'm of the opinion that it's not true. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be making things come true just to make yourself right. Actually, a better thing to do, look at the bigger picture. Maybe your book's made up. Yeah, exactly. If you, just, if you destroy the world in the way that uh, Revelation indicates that there, there is no Jesus on the end to then make it into a paradise, you've just destroyed the world, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, um, it's, it's not good, Carl. That, and again, this goes back to the rejection of rationality and rational thinking and critical thinking. Uh, culturally, and, and it, I, I don't, I, some, I, it's complicated. I, and I certainly don't have the answers for why things have gotten the way they have. But I do know that um, I find myself troubled that the the movements we were so enthused about when we last talked about this twelve years ago or yep, eleven, 11 years, years ago. Yep. Good God, um, it didn't rise up and help spread critical thinking it responded to small issues intermittently and you know like the big skeptical leadership have their magazines and whatnot but like it never became a unifying thing in fact that's the whole the whole sort of culture of skeptics kind of imploded like Mm -hmm. it 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 it, it really did and that breaks my heart and i think part of it is because people who were inclined to like critically question all this stuff have to do so at the rejection of things that 99% of the world just believes is true. Um, And if you're doing that, you find yourself, you're going to be in conflict with everybody unless you can build a community around the idea of rationality and critical thinking as being a great value. And that's, we haven't had the kind of leadership who could make that proposition acceptable or, or, or valued uh, in, when competing in the marketplace of ideas, because the marketplace of ideas, uh, you know, falls over to mental hacks really easily. Like, for example, people want to be told, I have the answers. They want their leadership to know what's right. Skeptics tend to be like, I don't know. Let's look at the evidence and make us, you know, it's like, that's complicated. Don't you just know? <laughs> Do the right thing. You said, you know, you know, tell people you can know the answer. And, and that's how you get people to follow you. Because many people don't want to be bothered with complexity. And if you have somebody who says, it's simple, I know the answers. And if you elect me, I'll make sure it all works out. That's literally all they need. That's enough to make that, you know, a winner. And, and that is terrifying because that kind of thinking 
uh, leads to demagoguery. And I think that's what we've rolled into the, the tyrant, the demagogue, these people will say whatever they need to say to get into power. And unfortunately, a lot of people love a strong man with easy answers. And that is never the reality. The world is complicated and messy and 10 commandments from a secularist uh, or whatever this guy was uh, up in the mountains would not have pulled us together, even if we were reduced to 500 million people. It's the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was hoping you would uh, slip into a Ken Ham voice at some point and then go, I've got this book, you know? <laughs> it was like, them scientists talk fancy, but I know the real answer. Yeah. Like, That's not a you weren't there, scientists people, but you know who was there? Jesus on a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you, you got to do an Australian voice. I think he's Ken, Oh, Ken. yeah. Sorry. I was doing redneck North Georgia guy. Yeah, I know. I know. Just like, I, well, I, apologies I, to all my Australian listeners. <laughs> we do not think you were like. Yeah. I don't have enough exposure to Australian voices to do one. Yeah, well, you got to. I'm, I'm I'm laughing. That's me joking because my co-host <laughs> is from Australia. But no, I. I, I <laughs> oh right, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> sorry, Karen. <laughs> Australia, Australia, Australia. We love you. Amen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you got to get sort of, yeah, I, I would have, my Australian have to get into channel my, my inner crocodile Dundee and, you know, start making up weird, weird terms for every day. You know, Chazwazer, you know, right? Fonzer on the wallaby and, you know, like things like that, right? And, yeah. All right. So I'm sorry. Now they've lost all my Australian listeners. No, no. The, the poltergeist of Humpty Doo is still my favorite Australian thing ever. I, I think I laughed for half an hour when I heard that there was a town named Humpty do that was the best so so this rc yeah this rc christian guy or um cursed kirsten he was a uh interesting he was a friend of william shockley who was uh i mean there, there's a whole other podcast of william shockley wow yeah okay so i this is right up my alley so yeah. i've been working on a book for too many years on technology and part yes. of that involved um i was specifically some of that involved me trying to sort of learn more about the history of the microprocessor because uh, one of my friends had had become familiar with this idea. There was a book by called uh, the day after Roswell by I think Philip Corso. And in that book, he claims that microchips and microprocessors (laughs) came from the Roswell UFO crash. And Oh my God, that annoyed me because I knew that like, no, that's not true. Like the evolution to get us to microprocessors was a very hard fought road of incremental improvements in technology. Like from the vacuum tube to the microprocessor, we know exactly how it was developed. We know exactly how it was developed. We know exactly who did it and how they did it across multiple labs. And it's a really cool story. William Shockley is one of the most disappointing parts of that story. He's he's involved with the um, integrated circuit and the the transistor, but he um, himself he wanted to get on the original patent, and he wasn't actually part of the team that put it together. And so he basically made improvements and then put himself at the head of that patent. And then eventually he broke away from. He was working at Bell Labs. He broke away to start his own company, and he kind of went off the deep end. He was already doing very narcissistic, sociopathic kinds of things yeah. within the business world. And then even after he got uh, included in on the Nobel uh, prize for his contributions to that discovery, he was always jealous of his coworkers and he became absolutely in love with eugenics and the ideas that um, 
you know, uh, you can tell like like that uh, people who aren't white are inherently lesser people. He, he wanted to prove it. He thought that was a scientific idea. He was absolutely a eugenicist and a social Darwinist and um, was wildly misguided, in my opinion. Um, but. Uh, yeah, just not a good guy, not a good guy. And it's a, an unfortunate thing because. He there were so many points in his career when he could have done better, and he just he was just awful. He was just an awful guy. Well, so for him to be friends with Shockley is like saying he's friends with David Duke. It's not a good. Yeah. it's not a good look. It's not a I good look. You know, the friends you keep. I, I, the only the only credit I give Shockley was uh, you're right. He was such an awful human being, and then he he was also a mama's boy, right? So that's that's why he moved out to uh, yeah yeah. Sort of allegedly, sense. allegedly, yeah. he moved. Yeah, the reason we have Silicon Valley today, according to yeah. the story, allegedly is because he wanted to be near and take care of his mom. And that was all in um, the, the, so that whole region around Palo Alto uh, was all orchards and real beautiful. And Shockley semiconductor was one of the the really sort of the heart of what became Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, there, sorry. Well, I was going to say, but, but he, he was such an awful human being, right? That that his uh, that his sort of his best engineers they they then started. Um, was it Fairchild? Fairchild. It was Fairchild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They started that. And, the and they traitorous had a, eight. They exactly. broke away. Yeah. So. And they had so they had a bit of a policy of kind of like it's like what would Shockley do and do the opposite. So so you know Shockley was <laughs> you know very formal and suit and tie, and they're just like just wear whatever clothes you want to wear, you know, and and. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, I'm not sure about your work, but we're both in software and, you know, you just go work in T-shirts and shorts. And I, I, my joke is always like, I can dress like this or worse every day at work. But, um, you, you know, yeah, that whole casual dress environment and software seemed to kind of come from a reaction that, you know, Shockley was an awful human being just opposite well you know it's interesting because the rise of computer technology has led to this incredible concentration of wealth in the tech sector and the tech sector is still a world where you can be absolutely not involved and then go do some training and become a programmer and get involved with a startup and become a millionaire it's very rare but it still happens and it happens enough that it's kind of like the 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 career lottery. So a lot of people go to California and wanted to join a startup and, you know, cash in on that first IPO and all that sort of thing. But what that leads to is a culture where you believe everything's a meritocracy and that, that your value to the company is directly related to how much you personally can do towards achieving these goals. You start thinking like that, you believe you're, you've gotten yourself there by your own works and it's a really compelling idea and what it also leads to is, I think, an embracing of sort of libertarianism, because a lot of libertarianism is around this idea of take care of yourself, self-independence, and you don't need charity. You don't need, you know, these networks. And, and of course, what they do, though, is necessary in order to have that kind of mindset is you have to reject all the people who are helping out. Like, yeah, <laughs> you have to have this hero narrative about you're the hero of the story and you're working your way up through this process. And everybody else is just like a, an NPC, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And exactly. that that can work within a company and you maybe come out not an asshole. But I think if you try to make that scale, you end up with a lot of people who don't believe people who aren't directly involved in the thing they're working on are worthless. Why are you doing that other thing? You know, right. why do you believe this way? What do you mean you can't walk? Well, you know, OK, well, how are you even contributing to society? What do you do to even help? You know, it's like, you know, so that kind of uh, not having a social safety net uh, because you don't want to pay taxes 
and then believing that everybody can rise on their meritocracy is exactly the same kind of thinking that leads to you believing that if there's an atomic war, that's when things are going to get really awesome because all these self-starters are going to just really remake this country in a way that really thinks about, you know, doing the right thing and doing your best and pulling together. But, you know, it's like it's a bunch of heroes. It's not it's not a community. It's just a bunch of heroes. Right. Yeah. If you ever played an MMORPG, I think that when you go to town, like half the people are dancing in the, in, in the streets and stuff for no apparent reason. You know, <laughs> it's like that's what the real libertarian yeah. world yeah. looks like. Just yeah. Yeah. It, just, yeah. The, the people are like, we just, yeah, we're going to take it down to the hardwood and just build up again. Right. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. you're not gonna make those mistakes this time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boy, <laughs> this time it will be different, right? Yeah. The, uh, I was going to say, I mean, to, you know, my hot take that the real loser in this is, uh, would you say, is the town? Like, this was their tourist attraction, was it not? If it was a tourist attraction, they did a very poor job of cashing in. Okay. <laughs> minimal signage. Uh, you know, it's it really was no. It was oh, it's okay. just like it's just in a pasture out in a field near off the main road. It's really not. It was designed to be away. It was designed okay. to be apart from the the regular world. And and I think uh, Elberton was a good choice. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's interesting. So yeah, I I mean obviously as it's sort of you know, you know it's rena- I mean it was in the 1980s, and I, I mean I don't even know when I first heard about it, but it would not have been 1981 i mean it was probably um i mean who, who, who's 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 the crazy guy down in texas again this is you know the, the, bro? no no carl from 11 years ago would have remembered his name exactly but um which crazy guy the it's not florida but there are a lot of crazy texas people <laughs> <laughs> the crazy the crazy conspiracy guy and uh in Austin, Texas. Well, that could still be a lot of people. Uh, I think like Stephen Greer from Disclosure. I think he lives down there. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, this is this is this. Is dope. Listeners don't get old because this is what happens to your to your, to your brain. Like I think about him. Every oh, are you talking day. about Alex Jones? Aren't you? Alex Jones? Thank okay, you. sorry. At least once a day, I think about Alex Jones. But the moment my brain needs to pull that name, Alex Jones, to sound like I'm insightful on a podcast. Yeah. Hey, you know jeb does a really good alex jones impression it's really disturbingly accurate it's it's i i can't do it myself but he does it really well so yeah. if you ever need to pretend to have an interview with alex jones i think yeah, he's your he's your he's your huckleberry april, like, <laughs> april one is coming up but uh yeah 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 so i i, I mean i like to think alex jones might have been one of the big you know if not boosters kind of the uh you know help sort of define the evilness of it all yeah i i don't even recall how i first heard about it 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 was certainly going around in in the 2000s um but i don't i don't remember ever hearing about it before 2001 Mm -hmm. um and i live here i mean again it's it's a it's from my house it's like a almost three hour drive two and a half hours it's easier for me to go to tennessee than it is to go to elberton so it's a it's not close. Um, but no, but you know, you're making me wonder. Um, good, this would be good silence. Would be. <laughs> um, nope, can't remember what I was going to say. So, yep, I'm done. Yeah, 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 all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just, it's just kind of interesting that the. I mean, it, it had been there for at least twenty years. Obviously, it was you know the the, the internet kind of started to 
create the narrative about what the, you know the the evilness of of the the one world government the luciferian you know and i would i would imagine it was Alex Jones. Apparently, Alex Jones was quite upset about it being destroyed because you know it, it's it's something very tangible for him to point to. You know, here's their plan, and they've got the guidestones right in Georgia, and it's there. You, you know that not now not having that is it's it's you know he, he's upset that he doesn't have something very tangible he can point to. Yeah, uh, that's what he gets for being a rubble rouser. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. I, I listen to Monster Talk all the time, and 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 uh, in research of, and and you know the the, the puns come fast and furious, and I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you, did, you 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 have rewarded my podcast with one of your your uh, your puns. Is, she, is there like an NFT thing for puns? Because you should get on that. Like you should. Oh, be like, I, 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 I am so. <laughs> I'm still, I still got burned by that uh, uh, tulip madness, so I'm not getting in on this NFT. <laughs> fool, fool me once, Carl. That's what I say. Fool me once. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's kind of kind of sad. But uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm hoping? I'm you know, as, since we last talked, there has yeah. been the, the invention of uh, cryptocurrency, the rise of cryptocurrency, and now the crash of cryptocurrency. Yes, yes. And I do have a hope, Carl. I have a dream that someday. Cryptocurrency will die, and we can go back to having decent video game cards. I, right, yes, <laughs> like, yes. Like, like they make all these incredible video cards, and ever, they're all being immediately put into coin mining. I mean, this is yes. ridiculous. And I hope to God that somebody comes along ten years from now and has no idea what any of this means. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, look, look at my podcast. I mean, yes, I was talking about cryptocurrency back in 2014. So uh, Bitcoin had just kind of come out and you know uh people were sort of talking about it and i started to look into it and then i was kind of, i i i i had my skepticism back then i'm just like I, you know but it but at the end of the day it's like you know blake if i say you know give i'll help you move for a pizza or i'll help you move for a bitcoin you know it's like which would be a lot more than for than a pizza today but but you, you know like hey if, you know people are coming with their own currency all the time in a sense you know but so it didn't seem that disturbing but yeah lord lord knows what i would have thought if someone had thrown me into a portal into the future and there's so much that's perplexing about the current world (laughs) like like i i i don't feel lost but but i do occasionally ponder and think what would i have thought if this is the world i'd stepped into because it's not at all the future i expected uh, I I dreamed of the Star Trek future where we use technology and get better and better and we put aside our differences and there's we figure out ways to have plenty of food for everyone. And it's like the Earth can provide plenty of food. It's people who are constantly screwing each other out of meals. That's it's that's what's going on. It's people who don't want us to have health care. It's people using all these, you know, creating scarcity to control the population. That's you know how come that's not on the guide stones <laughs> watch out for scammers because they'll get you like, <laughs> have a single payer health plan exactly yeah yeah <laughs> should have gone blake you should have gone and chiseled that in when exactly you well hey there's an opportunity for guide stones 2.0 yeah there you go <laughs> yeah i was gonna say the uh 
you, you and I, we used to do a podcast called Ask a Canadian, uh, run by uh, Brian Thompson. And uh, and he was actually the very first person to on my podcast when I started sort of interviewing people, Brian Thompson. We talked about the Illuminati. But um, yeah, Brian Thompson, uh, I was listening to like a Ask a Canadian. I don't know why. I just, you know, it's like. Nostalgia? Yeah, nostalgia. Yeah, let's go with nostalgia. <laughs> but I was listening to, and, um, and, and Brian Thompson made the. Uh, and th- and this was like I forget what we were doing. Ask Kenny. It would have been in like uh, you know maybe 2010. So so Brian Thompson said, you know, can you imagine a world where the GamerGate people have won? And oh no, I, that must have been like a jaw dropping moment. Yeah, yeah. When I listen to that, I'm like, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they totally yeah. did. Yeah. That, Steve Bannon was behind a ton of that. You know, yeah. he's not behind bars. Nope, nope. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I mean, Gamergate, uh, you know, gave rise to, you know, the, the Chans and the Pepes, and they just, oh, yeah. They, yeah, they just took it from there, right? <laughs> just, it's, yeah. So, but isn't it the dumbest? I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I don't like, any, we, we spent a lot of time in our, our last discussion <laughs> talking about how there's too many Nazis around these days. And I was like, boy, weren't we on, on, we, we were ahead of the trend despite and that stuff. And, and it's like, but the difference is, and this is a weird thing to say, but, uh, the Nazis were terrible, but they weren't, they didn't garb themselves in absurdity. You know what I mean? Like they, they wanted to look badass and serious, even though if you read their stuff, it was still wackadoo, right? Right. Yes. Yes. But these guys have the same terrible ideas wrapped in cartoon characters. And it's like, that's worse somehow. Like, I mean, like, I mean, yes, they haven't set up death camps, but they're still espousing the same terrible racist nonsense, still using it to secure power all the while keeping this. What is it? uh, This sort of atmosphere of of like plausible it was all a joke by sticking cartoon characters on everything and using memes yeah. and it's like it's not a joke people these are terrible racist jerks and they're seeking power and they're to- they they like authoritarianism and if you want freedom and democracy you have to fight back and you know they they weaponize free speech they they're doing really weird things and it's like they've basically won and then they're blowing up the georgia guidestones you know and claiming that they've helped fight satan no they've helped fight people with a bunch of rocks in a field that's what they've done they you know it's like blowing up stonehenge it doesn't change anything politically it's just a tragedy for the people who you know thought that it was cool to have those stones in a field i don't know well, it's so. like the um the the guy who wrote the Turner Diaries. No oh, Lord, yeah, yeah. He uh, and I did a podcast on this uh, August twenty ten with uh, Neil 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 Kroll. Uh, but yeah, the interesting the guy who wrote the Turner Diaries. I mean, completely racist son of a bitch. He's yeah, dead yeah. And keep Thank in mind, God. again, Turner Diaries are basically a a fictional story about a, a racial uprising in America, a, a white supremacist uprising yeah. in America. Yeah, and you know. It's a story, but it's also a guidebook for how to do it, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. And you can buy it at any gun show in America. Yeah. But so. he he joined the the American Nazi Party 
And then he sort of realized, all oh, these are a bunch of doofuses. Like, like you know, no one's going to take them seriously because they're, you know, marching around with like, you know, signs saying, you know, the, the, you know, the Jews will not control us. And, and, you know, and, and he thought, no, no, the American public's never going to buy that. And, and then he kind of formed his own, like, almost like Stormfront or something, you know, a, a, a smarter, savvier kind of neo-Nazi. But now that I'm thinking like, no, now you can just be a uh, you know neo Nazi and wave around the Nazi flag and you know you, you know uh, you know tiki, tiki, what was it those torches what were those torches there tiki tiki torches yeah tiki tiki hut torches you know and and, <laughs> and just you know just being a complete like like the most the the most ridiculous human being and you know dressed like a moose and storm the capital and your people are like cool <laughs> yeah no it's 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 it it's it's i don't need, i'm i'm rarely at a loss for words but the future that we're living in or i guess our present they would call it is the the persnickety pedants um <laughs> the present that we find ourselves in is far more ridiculous than I would have ever thought possible. It simply is. It, that is so disheartening to someone who really, as a, a sort of a humanist, I really believe in people having the, the ability to do better. And I, I, in order for people to be able to do better, they also have to be capable of doing worse. And they seem to have embraced that in a way that I find appalling. I, I, I think as a species, we could all do better. And now part of this is, you know, America, you know, four to 5% of the world's population. Yeah. What, what's our control of the uh, pop culture? What, 80%? Sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a, a, we have a very outsized uh, yeah. sense of self and I guess cultural footprint, yeah. um, which is, I think, troubling. I think considering that now it's pretty evident we're crazy. So stop, stop, don't listen to us. We're nuts. (laughs) Well, it's like what I would see, like, especially like blue collar people in Canada with like Trump bumper stickers. And I'm like, I don't think you quite get that. If Trump has his way, you know, trade with Canada would be cut off and your job would go away like like you know, people didn't quite grasp make bill make that step that trump is not a free trader and well he's he's he he <laughs> depends on how you spell trader uh, <laughs> yeah no yeah I, I in a sense he is a free trader i hope that his status as free goes away <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah so okay I, I thought it's actually interesting because i did think maybe that the poor community was probably going to be the real victims of this if if if, if it was there they're they're you know they're they're, they're they call their giant you know every every city has a we call a giant weenie so it's like you know the uh you know the eiffel tower or big ben or the you know the cn tower here in uh toronto uh your giant weenie. so yeah that the small little town their giant weenie was like you know the, the georgia guidestones but uh yeah, I don't, interesting yeah yeah and they did look cool i mean i'm not I, I just it was very cool they're very impressive they're quite tall like i say it's i'm guessing 25 feet something like that they're probably the measurements probably in the wiki page but i mean they're big uh and they you know they now they're not they're just gone so um 
I think that I think the fact that they're gone said the community didn't really want them anymore. You know, nobody was going to go knock them down, but since they're already damaged, you know, okay. so I think at that point it became hmm. possible to just ditch them. So, All right. but I think with this, if we get with, at this point at this juncture we can safely remove ted turner from being involved at all because that was that a was, point of yeah. discussion last time <laughs> exactly right right yeah but it could yeah. have been ted yeah it could have been ted turner or what was the rosicrucians i don't even know if i because i know i butchered that pronunciation you corrected me did i ever improve my pronunciation at the rosicrucians are you get it that sounds right yeah okay yeah, the rosicrucians. So. yeah yeah so uh i should actually do a show on the rosicrucians you should yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, there's 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 some weirdness there. It's yeah, very exactly. interesting. So, exactly. Yeah. Fine. yeah. Hey, if you're listening and you uh, you know all about the Rosicrucians, you contact me. We'll let's do a show about the Rosicrucians. But uh, yeah, yeah, because RC, you know, people sort of thought RC, Rosie Cross. Yeah, Rosie Cross. Ex- ex- exactly. But yeah. yeah. Or right, anyways, we we should we should wrap up. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. I, you, I think your your son was your son just born when this podcast was. Let's see. No, we, eleven we, years if, ago. Uh, no, uh, the the girls would have been six, and William would have been uh, eleven. Oh, okay, okay. Or, or yeah, ten, yeah. ten, ten. Oh, Sorry. okay, yeah. I, I seem to sort of you you were talking as this sort of like you know you know your your kids were still very much in that like I I don't even think Netflix was a thing back then, but I I always say that's like you know when your when your kid can. Um, you know, when she can dress herself, you know, clean herself, get food out of the fridge and work Netflix. There's so much of so much, so much. Effort. Right. Your, your, your role has been limited. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, the big stuff is off your plate kind of thing. But uh, I mean, I'm you people who podcast, we, you know, we're the kind of people who have plenty to tell our kids. Right. I mean, but <laughs> like my daughter at one point. I was trying to give her a little lecture in the hallway. She must, she must've been seven. I mean, okay. like she was not old. I'm, I'm giving her a lecture about why this is important, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, God, this feels so good to be able to share my wisdom with the next generation. <laughs> and she just held her hand up in like, like a stop sign and then went unsubscribe <laughs> and walked off. I was like, Oh, my daughter just unsubscribed me. What? <laughs> like, well, she I didn't even know ignore. that was a- I didn't know that was a play. <laughs> it's like, Dear. I am amazed. Yeah. So, All right. yeah. So, yeah. Let's, so where, where can people find you? You still do a couple podcasts. We don't do ask a Canadian anymore. No. Uh, we, we should bring that back, I think. And then you used to do um, death panel. And, uh, but yeah, what, what you're, you're doing a couple of little podcasts. Such I'm, minor, I'm, doing, just- <laughs> I'm doing, so I still do monster talk. It's still around after 12 years. Yeah. If you can believe that, that's amazing. Um, monstertalk.org, you can find that or any podcast. When you look for it, look for Monster Talk as one word. Uh, I've noticed that that increases your chancing, but let's see, monstertalk.org will also give you links. Uh, I also do a show with the Dr. Jeb Card where we are re watching the old 1970s paranormal show in search of and adding uh, science and uh, additional uh, illumination, if you will. And that's called in research of, and that was Jeb's idea. That was Jeb's title. Can you believe that? He he beat me to that. (laughs) I was so jealous. I was like, that is a really good show idea. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do that. So, right. Uh, And and I have another podcast called the horror podcast, which um, is lying dormant, but I feel the lightning coming. It will rise again. So yeah, I I was your, uh, very guess, early guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the. Uh, oh, so. Yeah, you, you got know. it. Like, like, 
I think it was it seven. There's five. Seven, seven. I think it was seven. Seven. Count. Yeah, I think there's seven. I think there's seven. Clap. I remember clapping through it so that like I would make sure we got the whole name in. Yes. You don't want to like because if you go looking for six claps, that's a totally different movie. So, so. <laughs> yeah, but every six months I ping you and go, hey, hey, Blake, you want to you want to do phase four on the horror podcast? I do. Let's I do want to do phase four. four. Right now, I'm looking at phase four, okay. uh, the Japanese movie House. Um, the movie, uh, the British horror film, The Legacy. Those are the three I know. Are in, and then I've got a, a, an independent little documentary series. I'm going to do a tour of Italy. Right. Uh, I probably won't do it in my racist Mario voice, uh, but I'm going to do uh, Mario Bava and um, the... Um, um, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> my, my brain just went blank. I was yeah. like, Mario Bava and uh, Dario Argento and uh, Lucio Fulci. Uh, that, that's sort of my uh, uh, triumvirate of Italian horror directors. Now, there are some other great directors. We'll talk a little bit about those. But I kind of just want to cover what is Italian horror and why those three directors are pretty awesome. You should check out their work. So, right, yeah. Cool. Right. yeah. 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 The In Research podcast is really awesome, especially if you're kind of like a child of the 70s. And it's, mm, it's, uh, mm. it's yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, there was some discussion on the boards about um, if – when you are done, will you move on to like Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I, Jim, and I have discussed that a lot. Let Let's see if we can get through the next exactly. three seasons. We've yes. actually got the first three seasons in the can now, so yeah. uh, I've 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 uh, I've got a lot of editing to do. But we we're about to record our end of season three finale, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, we are working on a surprise uh, side project, which we haven't started recording, oh, but we've okay. been, my God, we've been talking about it. So it's coming. Um, okay. I wonder if I should have teased that. You want to go ahead. Uh, exclusive. Okay. Yeah. So we are going to, for a thousand reasons. Uh, uh, one of my favorite shows is uh, season one of true detective. Mm, and okay. it, we've had plenty of time to sit on that. Jeb, I've been pestering Jeb to watch it. Uh, and he finally, relented and did and then then there was like this pause and then he was like oh oh yeah this was really good we need to talk about this right so uh it is such a deep show and we he's he and i i think are uniquely qualified to talk about it in a very thorough way like uh i this would not be we're not you know, two teenagers on YouTube watching it and giving reactions. I think we've, we've done a lot of scholarship around the sort of material that's at the root of this. So, and then of course he lived there for quite a few years doing his degree at Tulane. So yeah. Okay. Oh, very cool. Good. That was a long answer to your question, but yeah. 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 Great. Okay. And you're, and you're, and you're, you're still working on your book. You haven't come up with your book yet. I have not. I'm working on two books and I actually, my publishing company is going to be dropping a book. I hope before Christmas, um, that I didn't write. It just sort of happens that um, I've got a book coming out from Dr. Joe Nickel. Um, I am not sure how this happened exactly, but I'm delighted at it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my next, but the first book to come out from my monster house imprint will be from Joe Nickel. So. Oh, very, very cool. Yeah. I was always oh, going to say it, when you do get to the, uh, the uh, um, 
in search of episode of POWs. Please do have me on as your expert guest because uh, I did a huge amount of research in that for uh, uh, this Canadian director came out with a a movie called Unclaimed where he he, uh, claimed he had sort of found a a, a MIA POW still in Vietnam and it just turned out it was just this scammer dude like oh no oh it was it was it was a travesty and uh, the whole family was just like they found our poor son John Hartley you know our, our brother John oh, Hartley Robinson oh that's awful. oh what a- oh yeah and they they brought the scammer dude into the same room with his sister and there's tears and and never once do they do a DNA you know you'd think DNA right like just you're, there's no more movie right right <laughs> yeah finally the family raised money and did a DNA spoiler wasn't him uh, wow. yeah I, I wrote this huge like three piece. I was going back and forth with like the, you know, the, the, the woman who's running the PR and she's just incensed that, you know, that I'm just like fact checking everything. And just like, there is no conspiracy here. You know, it's just, it, it yeah, it was awful, but um, really fascinating whole tale about the whole POW MIA thing. It involves like, it involves H Ross Perot and, um, yeah, you know, and um, it just yeah, it it's it's bizarre. <laughs> that sounds bizarre and terrible. Yeah. So uh, I'm just, just making a pitch to have me on as the expert guest. Oh. Noted. Yeah. So <laughs> that is uh, that is why I, I so there's an episode on missing POWs. Uh, you, yes, you, you POW the whole POW MIA thing. I wow, I, I didn't even know that was in the upcoming. I, of course, I'm always on the lookout for the weird stuff, so I'm I, I'm still excited about. I think in season six they have an episode on ghost ghost photography. I'm very excited about. So eh, we're just double like, double check. So we all live uh, another. Uh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, three it's to a four years, whatever. <laughs> season six MIA. So okay, uh, there you go. Yeah. So. So oh, I thought that meant the episode was lost. But <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it'll yeah, but uh, boom, it's like the uh, it's that uh, that uh, that show to be announced. No matter exactly, I love that show. <laughs> yes. Have you? Ever, I, I, this is true. I used to think there was a series when I was a kid. Like I used yes. to read the TV Guide. You remember TV Guide? It was oh, a book yeah. about yeah. yeah so exactly. uh, the TV Guide would come in, and I would I would be like, oh, there's this show called Pilot. That sounds good. And it, it was, <laughs> why is Pilot always about different things? That's so strange. It's like it, I guess it's like a Pope. Anthology, you know, yeah. yeah 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 it's but yeah the i was he pilot and i didn't understand that that meant that was the first show of a potential series it's and they and of course the ones i always was most interested in are the ones that are rolling in at like two in the morning which means they're not going to be on real tv that's not going to be a show that's just something that blake wants to stay up and see so exactly yeah my my, my joke was always yeah i always set my visa back in the vcr day set my vcr to record that show uh you know to be announced but it's always like you know matlock or airwolf i just never think never sure jumps around the dial a lot no wonder it's uh yeah yeah although i I did honestly have a friend who was like when she's looking at her university courses she's like man this this professor taba teaches so many different things (laughs) and i'm like donna have you noticed though uh, like a lot of the references he uses this class all ibid i don't know who that guy is yeah it's like (laughs) it's like donna that's tba to be announced yeah (laughs) the the only time i ever laughed out loud at the symphony and it was entirely appropriate whereas the uh the uh the conductor was doing a bunch of irish uh tunes and he 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 quipped he's like um yeah like a non-entrad uh ireland's greatest composers 
That's funny. That is funny. You're not laughing, Blake. I'm I'm, going to edit this and just put it in the laugh. No, no, no. No, a lot of times, this is true. A lot of times when something, there's a level of funny. Yeah, yeah. If if you reach it, instead of laughing, I admire it. Exactly, yeah. And and I have friends who get really incensed when I say, ooh, that's really funny. And they're like, then why aren't you laughing? Because that's what the reward they want. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is a level higher. You should be really glad. They are not. I know. I, I, I agree. Something you just, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's sad though. It's like a clever the, wordplay. The Atlanta symphony conductor has had to like, because of, I guess, financial stuff in the pandemic. Now he's a truck driver. Isn't that weird? Really? Now he's a semiconductor. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes I steal your jokes and turn them into dad jokes at the dinner And sometimes table. I edit them out to save yeah. the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes I take your puns and I turn them to dad jokes at the dinner table. And yeah, my daughter is just not pleased. <laughs> yeah. My, my, again, unsubscribe, right? So, yes, yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, speak- it knitting versus crochet. I don't, I never can keep it straight. I, I thought it was a funny joke until I met some, I, I woke up the other morning in my head. Like, this is what I woke up with was, you know, what do you, what do you call the smartest person in the crochet circle? A nitwit. But so I was very proud of that. And then I, I was like, I ran in to tell my daughter and she thought it was very funny. And then I, I was going to drop that joke at, at a, at a, a gathering where a woman in the gathering was, using yarn and two sticks right, to right. make things. And, and I realized uh, I started to say something about knitting. She says, this is not knitting. This is crochet. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell my joke. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be told <laughs> if I'm going to get school before I get started, then there's no humor to be mined here. So <laughs> but yeah, my wife wasn't in, well, my wife sits in knitting and you join various knitting communities and, yeah, there is a close knit community. Yes. Well, let me tell you, there is there 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 are politics in the knitting world. Like like I don't want to get into it, but yeah, it, it, it's skepticism knitting. No matter where you go, yeah, there's going to be there's weird politics, and it's the same. You know, uh, I thought this was going to be a tangled yard, but it is not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I'll I'll let, I'll let you go, Blake. Thank thank you thank you again for uh for for sharing. always happy to talk to you, Carl. Share, Take sharing, care. Sharing some time. <laughs> right. Have a have a have a good night there. Bye bye. Good night, Canada. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll let I'll let you go. All right. See you. <laughs>
Freeze.